0: Welcome to IU Health's Change Chats podcast, where we'll discuss navigating the people side of change with leaders and team members across the system. My name is Leah Lockich, and I serve as a project manager of organization effectiveness here at IU Health. I'll be meeting with teams across the organization to share how they're using change management tactics to move people through change initiatives. Thanks for listening. Another article that was featured in our June newsletter was around aligning change management with culture shaping initiatives and we named several that we identified in that article as we know that one of the most important components to growing organizational change capabilities is to align with our culture. So, as a part of this work, our steering team had the privilege of connecting with one of our change partners, Andre, to discuss how change management and diversity and inclusion can intersect. When I reached out to Andre, I shared an article with him from Prosci that I thought um, I found the words were much better than than what I could find. So, um, what I shared was that as social injustices are being protested all over the world. Change is being demanded and not just in cities that are far away, but right here in our backyards and within the walls of IU health. So, I'm thrilled to have Andre with us today to share how he has seen change management help produce meaningful outcomes and help us plan for a better future. So, uh, Andre and I are going to turn on video and while he's coming off mute to engage in this dialogue, I also wanted to share that he kindly offered to continue this conversation in future events so that we could keep the, the dialogue going and also be able to take audience questions as well. So, if that's something that you would be interested in participating in as a special event, feel free to let us know. Um, in the chat. So, I'm going to go ahead and turn on my video. Here we go. Hi, everyone. And Andre, I'll let you um, also come off mute and turn on video if you're able and wanted to just welcome you and thank you again so very much for taking the time to talk with us today. So, um, I'll let you, Andre, go ahead and and tell us a little bit about yourself and your role here at IU Health.
1: Thanks, Leah. Um, Yeah, so I've been at IU Health since January. so. I really am a newbie. Um, I've been in DI for about 20 years. Um, and I've been ProSize certified since about 2015, 2016. So I've been using it um, as a tool in, in some of the work that I've been doing for the last five years or so. Um, so my job here is a um, senior DNI consultant, which really means that I am at the beck and call of everybody in the in the system at all. Um, primarily, I work with um, employee resource groups like affinity groups or diversity councils, or in some cases, culture councils and culture champions, those types of things. Um, but beyond that. Um, i also consult with other kind of structural parts of human resources like talent acquisition um learning institute um, all of those areas i I do a lot of work with those groups and from a consulting standpoint um and then i occasionally get involved in in other um, kind of situations with with um individual team members and part of the system so it really is a job that that requires flexibility and kind of a really broad tool set um to be able to to pivot almost at a moment's notice to be able to to um, to to meet new challenges and i have found that the change management tools that have been developed help in almost all of those situations, they allow a methodology with which to work through problems and to help come come out with uh, um, with. Outcomes that are pleasing to as many people as possible. So that's me in a bit of a nutshell.
0: Thanks Andre. Tell us about some of the ways that you've been able to leverage change management concepts like ad how you've seen that kind of play out in your work?
1: So I think the biggest, I think the, the most recent example is, is what we did coming out of the George Floyd um, initial protest um, and the, the, the protest that even happened here in Indianapolis. Um, when we looked at that situation, it became apparent almost immediately that there that that we had very much gotten the awareness part out of the way in that there were large swaths of at least the IU health system that were coming up and going we know we have we know there's a problem here we don't understand what we need to do what help us with what you need to do so we went right from awareness right into desire there was a desire for change um and and so from there once you have that the the next difficult well not difficult the next thing for that we had to do was to come up with what is this desired future state that you want for the system what do you want the system to be what does that look like what is your vision um and that has proven to be The most challenging part of the process, uh, because although leadership understands what culture change they want, or they understand that they want culture change, it is difficult to narrow them down on what does that look like and what will tell you we've gotten there. So, so what we've done a lot of work on is defining that picture of what success looks like. At the same time. We've continued the journey forward through kind of the the ADCAR process talking about um, if I can figure out what that desire is then I can figure out what my transition plan is, then I can figure out What I need to do from a knowledge standpoint from an ability standpoint and what from a reinforcing standpoint, I need to be able to put in place so that people um, can do what we want them to do and we can get to the outcomes that we're looking for. So, um, we, we, have talked about, okay, how do I get the knowledge? How do I train 35,000 people in the system without training 35,000 people in the system? How do I make information readily available in more of a pull than a push? Right? So. Here's the information. How do I then structure the system so that it reinforces the messages that we want to do? We, how do I build it into things that and what we decided was, how do I build it into things that already exist? So, we're having conversations about uh, 1 of the reinforcing things that we talked about most recently. Is including something um, within the the VLA program. That reinforces inclusion as, as a key value within the organization. We've also started talking about tying inclusion to compassion is 1 of the, the, the 4. Key values for the organization, and so it's that understanding of of how do I reinforce these messages, and and then once we've done that, how do I make sure that the people who have to now execute it um, are available and and know what they need to do and can do what we want them to do. So I mean that's I mean there were other things involved. I mean we we launched the listening tours from around the the system so that leaders could include could, could increase their knowledge of, of kind of racial issues and the in social injustices that were going on and get a better fix on the life of African-american team members um, who they don't tend to have a strong relationship with and so it's all part of that knowledge gathering process
0: awesome I, I think one thing Andre when you connected with our steering team that Really stood out to us were the ways that you were able to walk through, you know, social circumstances that drove that awareness and then, you know, senior leadership, helping to build that desire from the top. Um, But then also thinking about how do we talk to our people about the with them what's in it for me to make this change. Um, and then, you know, as you mentioned, kind of being in that knowledge piece now, that, that developing of, of competencies, um, then forward thinking about what skills do leaders and team members need to develop in that ability component as well. Um, Love the ideas of some of the ways that you're thinking about reinforcement too. One and other?
1: I mean, th- go was ahead. Gonna say, I was going to say, I mean, it's a function of my job as consultant. Is to ask the right questions, which I think is a fabulous way to approach um, kind of the people's side of change. Right? Um, so I don't necessarily go into a situation or any of these types of situations with the expectation that the people I'm interacting with know the answers to the questions. I just sometimes want to ask questions that allow them to think about it. For example. I'm working with talent acquisition right now because one of the things that we want to do is to change the way in which we um, we recruit or bring people in to broaden that a little bit. So to to make sure that we can that we can have more people of color or um, we can change those the dynamics of who we bring in the organization. So one of the questions, which I would say comes comes out of the things that you would learn um in, in change management one of the questions come from that what's in it for me was why would a minority or a person of color be attracted to come to work for iu health why what what is it that we provide that would be attractive to folks and, and i go we've got that's the first question we've got to ask if we want to, to then turn around and bring people in we got to make sure that what we think are the things that would attract someone, really do attract them. And that what we're saying is attractive about the system rings true to the people who are with the system now, and those things are real. And so it's, it's uh, when I use the change management, it is less around the hard and fast process and more around understanding how the mechanism are supposed to work in the system when's the right time to plug them in to get the results that you're looking for.
0: Fantastic. Another thing that you said that I, I wrote down was progress not perfection and continually remembering we are very early in many of these journeys at IU Health. Tell us about some of the barrier points as we call them in Management lingo or ad car lingo, barrier points or these the points of resistance maybe that you've come up against.
1: Well, the biggest one in my in my work, the biggest resistance point that you get is the difference between what I intellectually want to do and what I'm willing to commit to. Um and it begs the question that that I ask frequently when when, especially talking to leadership groups. It is what is it that you're willing to do to achieve the change you're willing that you want to make, and what is it that you're not willing to do? Because in many cases, the not willing to do is the most important information, right? And so I've had situations where I've, uh, I've worked for companies and they said they wanted the, these drastic changes in their um, in 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 their representation. Let's say. And when I asked them, okay, are you willing to make some decisions based on, are you willing to change different things? Like I asked an organization, are you willing to get rid of poor poor performers and replace them with people whose performance um, we assess to be better than what I already have? And their answer was, no, we're not willing to do that. And I'm going, okay. Are you willing to do this? And so asking the questions around what are you not willing to do to achieve the results kind of narrows down what you can do. And at a certain point, it gets them to go, you know, we're not really willing to do anything for change. We've got to now rethink this on our own and then make the changes that we need. They're not gonna get that unless you put right in front of them the things that they've said they're not willing to do. And sometimes in a presentation, you'll have a list this long of things that I'm willing to do and a list this long of things I'm not willing to do. And you just ask the question, are you serious about the change that you wanna make? Um, so yeah, that what's in it for me thing is, is is really important and it's often the one of the areas that is most forgotten in the change. I, uh, I remember going through, through training and vi- being very impressed with the thought process that says, system-wide change is just a product of individual change. And so often you'll go into this and people will go, well, we'll just tell the system to change. We'll just announce the change is going to happen without really thinking about how does that impact individuals who have to interact with the change, right? So it's like, okay, we will tell the system that we're just going to be more inclusive. That's it. But if I had been, if I have been socialized my entire life to think one way, the fact that you say we're gonna now act differently doesn't happen that quickly. And so you have to allow for people to transition into that, right? You can't can't go from this is now the system's new belief to now you have gotta believe that. That doesn't work. I have to have the individuals have new experiences that will now allow them to develop new beliefs that will allow them to do different actions. And so you've gotta be able to follow that process along in order to make that change possible.
0: You know, you're you're making me think of the visual that they use in training, that Prosci uses and we use in training of that current state, that transition state and that future state. And just a few minutes ago, I heard you say, it's also been a challenge to get leaders to imagine their desired future state and I've heard Say before a quote, um, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. Tell me a, a little bit more about ways that that you've seen, um, you know, leaders working through imagining their desired future state while they're while we're in the middle of this transition state, so to speak.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with the questions asked, and you know, part of this could be because I'm a consultant, but. A lot of it has to do with the questions that are asked, right? So if I, I have run into um, one of my famous examples is um, in my last job um, when I was hired, I had this interview with the CEO and the CEO, uh, I asked him that question. I go, I asked two questions. How far do you want to go? How fast do you want to get there to try and get that vision? Because I'd already asked him, what do you want, what does it look like? And He's like I'm looking for this this difference in representation. I, I want the organization to look different. And I go, okay. How far do you want to go? Meaning, how big of a change are you? Do you want? Do you want incremental change? Do you want um, kind of large scale change? What is it that you're looking to do? Um, and narrow it down. And and I narrowed him down to, okay, I want. Um, I, he had a a leadership team that was 97 percent. And he said, I want that to be more reflective of the workforce that we have. Okay. How quickly are you willing to make the changes because the changes necessary to have that done in two years are vastly different than the changes necessary to make that happen in five years or 10 years. So what is your timeframe? What does that, what does success look like for you? Um, And he was like, well, I'm not really sure what that looks like and so I explained to him. That the problem that he has is a three generation problem and he's generation one so it will take some time for this to permeate throughout the the organization but i could only have gotten to that level without narrowing him down because in his mind he had a picture and he knew what success was going to look like his problem was transferring it from his mind to me and, and 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 committing to that, right? So once you get to the, okay, I hear your vision. Now, what are you willing to do, and what are you not willing to do to make this happen? Um, but yeah, that's that that is important, and I I have used that quote on numerous occasions. If you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there, and it's true, in the work that I do, dealing with leaders all the time, they will tell you things like, I, I I'm looking for change. I'm looking for the organization to be more diverse and more inclusive, and I go, what does that mean to you? Because what it means to you and what it means to me are two very different things. In most cases, they take the lazy way out and say, okay, now you tell me what it means. I you go, know, so now we're doing my vision, um, and as soon as I do, they go, no, we don't want that. That's too much, or that 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 maybe not enough. And I go, well, then you tell me. Um, so I tend to like to get them in a room fight with each other on what it is. And once they come up with a the vision, they're now committed to that vision and now they're invested in it and it's easier to to get the things done that need to get done because I've got them co- committed and invested.
0: Great, thank you so much for, for that response. I'm seeing lots of, of comments over in the chat too. So I'm multitasking a little bit, but things you're saying Andre are resonating and I knew that they they would. Um, so, when you think about your experience with change management and diversity and inclusion, what advice can you give to our change partners of IU Health? These are uh, 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 over 140 individuals that were hand-selected for various reasons. A lot, a lot of times, because the nature of their roles are leader-facing, team member-facing, strategic facing type of roles. So, we're touching oftentimes very high impact changes. Um, And and our team, it's very important to us to be able to help our change partners and therefore our leaders and our team members start to see the connection points of these culture shaping initiatives. And I've, I've gotten several ideas of how we can start incorporating some advice you've given to us directly. But as you think about change management and in diversity and inclusion, what advice do you have for our change partners?
1: Well, I think I, I would probably start off with talk less, listen more. Because um, at the core, what you need to be able to do is decipher the information that you're getting, understanding that in most cases, the people you're talking with don't have a great understanding of the people side of change. They understand potentially how to change a process. They understand how to change, um, IT equipment. They understand, you know, how to even change a policy, but they don't spend the same amount of time on the effect that change has on the people who have to execute that change. And so that change management part is difficult. And in, and like they say in training, In many places, you're at the tail end rather than at the beginning where you should be. Where you're asking some of these questions that typically aren't scoping questions that get asked. um, When a project is getting is getting started. So, um, a lot of the work has to do regardless if you're at the beginning or at the end, a lot of the work is around listening. And for understanding of exactly what the situation is so that you can do the 2nd thing which is ask more questions and and provide fewer initial solutions, right? So it is, again, sometimes the questions asked are more powerful than the answers received because they lead to something else. And so I think you need to listen and I think you need to question and not be afraid to question um, because you might not think you have the, the requisite amount of information that necessarily ask that question. When in fact, that is the right time for you to ask the question because the people that you're designing this change for may not have that level of understanding either. And so you've gotta be an advocate for them and say, keep that what's in it for them. Why would I wanna do this, right? What, 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 how does this make the, the individuals who have to execute it, how does this make their life better? How do they do their job better? But you've got to ask those questions because if you don't ask them, they're not going to get answered and the projects are going to go. Not in the way that we want them to go.
0: That's great advice and I've seen a couple a couple quotes you have said posted over here in the, the chat talk less listen more. Sometimes the questions. That we ask for more powerful than the answers that receive we receive. So I've heard you say a few times, are you asking the right questions? And I know some of the ways that we plan to evolve the items on our change management. Plan our, our strategy roadmap, if you will, is making sure that the sample that we pull is a representative sample and diverse in the number of opinions that we're consulting um, are we. Are we looking for input through a sufficient amount of different perspectives? Um, and that's
1: hard here. That's hard. That 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 can be difficult um, at IU Health because the system, in so many ways, is so homogenous, right? So um, by design, it is a very kind of white middle class um, Indiana based norm normalcy right so that is the that is the 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 cultural norm at, at at iu health and so it's hard if you if you fit that norm it's hard to ask the right questions because all you see is your norm um and so you have to get yourself out of that situation and think what would someone not like me ask in these types of situations. Harder to do than
0: it sounds. It's really difficult. You're exactly right, but it's it's important and it's something that we're we're going to do better on as a change management steering team. Another thing that is on our, is, is a big part of our um, plans for 2020 and into 2021 is telling stories, um, celebrating successes, sharing things that that groups, regions are doing to apply change management. And then a piece of advice you gave us are, is, are those stories representing voices that need to be heard. Um, and again, going back to the way that we've looked at pulling stories or or populations to pilot or sample things with have been more thinking about role diversity, regional diversity, and what ways can we tell those WIFM stories or those celebration stories in a, in a different way than maybe we have been thinking about in the past. Um, again, you, you told us progress, not perfection. So continuing to remember, not only are we in early in the journey of diversity and inclusion in many cases as an organization, we're very early in the journey of change management as an organization as well. So you've given us a lot of things to think about to evolve some of the um, the plans that we have as a change management steering team. And I'm sure um, some of these pieces will be applicable to our change partners listening in as well. So as we wrap up our time together, um, Andre, you've already told me offline you're you're happy to, to keep the conversation going. and. Um, Find ways that we can we can get some some real time questions in from our change partner networks as well. So, like I said, if that's something that's interesting to you all as our change partners, let us know in the chat. If that's a special event, you'd be interested in um, having a a pathway to have some interactivity by um, sharing some questions for Andre in real time that way as well. So, um, Andre, Andre, I'll uh, wrap this portion of our agenda by sharing my. Utmost gratitude and thanks to you for um your absolute no hesitation willingness to hop on a call um anytime that we've asked and i I just can't thank you enough for the conversations you're uh, leading or listening in on or facilitating um iu health is a better organization because you're here so thank you Mm
1: Thank you, those are nice words. I I appreciate you guys giving me some time to talk today. And I just wanna thank you guys for the fantastic work that you're already doing and the important work that you're doing. Um, You have raised the idea of change management here to a level that, again, I've I've been involved for five years um, and I have worked in multiple organizations and I've never seen Uh, change management at the level that we have it here at IU Health, so I think you guys are doing a fantastic job. Whether it's early in the process or not, you guys are doing a fantastic job, so thank you.
0: Change management is an intentional approach to support people through change. It prepares, equips, and supports individuals through the changes to their jobs. If you'd like to stay connected on future episodes of Change Chats to hear about how teams are driving their change capabilities, be sure to like or follow our podcast on whichever platform you prefer, Apple, Spotify, or Anchor. See you next time.